Alright guys, welcome back to the Galactic Empire Dynasty League. It is your commissioner, Joey D. And I'm happy to be back. I know it's been a little bit, uh, all of us have been pretty busy with vacations and things like that. I've been trying to do the divisional breakdowns with you guys. And uh, it's been tough scheduling with people, trying to get things done. And then uh, you're getting some re getting research together and things like that so we can have some nice little stat drops for you guys. But uh, nonetheless, we're back today. And I'm super excited to get into it. We just obviously had our draft. Uh, I thought it went really well as far as just like the you know, the actual process of it. Uh, I thought it went smooth. The, uh, the draft board on the app being up on the TV I thought was great. looked good. Uh, I thought the voting for the rules went well. And I thought everyone being able to show up except for Jake because he lives in Seattle went great. Uh, and I just overall thought it really did go super well. Uh, so I did just mention it, the, the rules, just to go back over uh, what rules changed. We uh, added two taxi squads. So we have or two guys to the taxi squad. We so now have a total of four. Just a reminder, two are allowed to be guys with one year of experience. Um, you can have as up to four rookies. You can have as many rookies on there as you want, but only up to two guys with one year of experience. So that would be last year's rookies. Um, uh, we voted for 1.40 plus yard touchdown bonuses for that's for throwing, catching and receiving or catching and receiving, catching and rushing. Uh, we did mixed yardage bonuses for 100 and 200 yards. So right now I'm going to do plus one point for 100 yards and uh, plus two for 200, which is the same thing we have for rushing and receiving bonuses. Um, we're going to have no kicker next year. Uh, that, uh, that was my my big commissioner dictator role for the year. Um, uh, but uh, I think it'll be exciting that we'll, we'll be able to start more of our guys that way. And I think it'll be really exciting. It'll make uh, roster talent even more important than what it already is. Um, so let's talk about what happened at the draft. Um, obviously, before the draft, it was like freaking Christmas. Um, you know, Christmas Day, draft day. Uh, trades were flying left and right. It was super exciting. Uh, some big things that happened is uh, Craig went off. He he added Sammy Watkins, Chris Carson, James White, and uh, then then went in the draft. Uh, got a featured, probably I think at least stud tight end uh, in T.J. Hawkinson. He got a future possible quarterback in Daniel Jones. I mean, everyone must make the joke, jokes about Daniel Jones, but realistically, um, they have a good core of young talent with. You know, Starling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Saquon. If he can get together, there's no reason he can't be a Mitch Trubisky-level player at worst uh, once he gets the reins. So that's a big possible pickup. Um, I think that was really the only big draft day trade. I know there was a couple other ones that, you know, um, bid, like the other big one would be the Melvin Gordon trade. Uh, Dandy sent Melvin Gordon to Jake Bright for Leonard Fournette. And there was a couple of, like, a little detail in there. But that was pretty much what the trade was for. And uh, I think it, it it was solid for both. Um, you know, Danny gets a scary guy off his roster. And the guy that, uh, that you know, who knows what his future is going to be. It's a complete question mark right now. So he wanted a level of security. Jake Bright says, I'll take all the risk in the world. They make a trade happen. It's a good deal overall. I like it. I think yeah, Adam Thielen was in there as well. That's what it was. You got Thielen and Gordon. So, yeah. Solid stuff. 
Um, uh, other results from the draft, I think Sean is the biggest winner of the day. I mean, that guy, he went out. Obviously, he had the 101. It does help to have the biggest day when you have the 101. But he went and got Josh Jacobs. David Montgomery slid to him. And then he got my personal two favorite wide receivers in the draft. And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who is literally a white mini Alshon Jeffrey. And he got Paris Campbell. Um, literally, as far as... They weren't, they're not my favorite talents per se, but they're my favorite talent and situation combination. Um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside uh, got drafted by the Eagles in the second round. He was a touchdown stud at Stanford for the last two years. It's like literally all he did was catch touchdowns. And uh, he literally is just a big body, big mu- big body, big muscles, big frame. Go get the, the back, back shoulder fade. Go get the high point ball. Uh, literally, like I said, Alshon Jeffrey in a nutshell. Alshon, I think it's Alshon, uh, one of their backup, like one of their lower level wide receivers, and Nelson Aguilar are all on contract years, I think, this year. Or maybe Alshon has another one, but still J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and they won't be huge this year, but next year going on, him and uh, also on Jake's team, Dallas Goddard, will both just keep ascending in the next year or two as as far as their, their fantasy ability. Paris Campbell, I think he can just do everything. His athleticism's off the charts. He can punt return. He can kick return. He can play in the slot. He can play out wide. He can do drags. He can do goes. He can do posts. He can do outs. He he's a full receiver as far as his athleticism and his his mind. It's uh and he's on a potent offense. Devin Funches is there for a year, um, and then it's just nobody. It's Paris Campbell as of right now. So it's going to be him and Ty for the future there with Andrew Luck. I mean, one of the better quarter throwing quarterbacks in the league. So I think Sean just helped himself big. Uh, his starting lineup just took a huge uptick with Jacobs and David getting inserted into there. Um, uh, Jake Bright, I think, is another big winner. We already talked about the Melvin Gordon addition. Uh, that was big time. He added uh, Kyler Murray, by far best quarterback in the draft, not even close. I think Kyler Murray is going to be an absolute stud in fantasy this year. His ability to run and throw with immense accuracy um, he's going to be on offense for the head coach. It's like, no, like our, my goal is 90 plays a game, which is absurd. Like, that is an insane amount of plays. I think, like, a normal average for a team, a game is, like, 60. So he's averaging 30 extra offensive plays, at least his goal. Let's say he gets halfway there and they're rocking 75. That's a, you know, top five NFL you know, plays per game offense. And you, know, you just got to buy into that and his athleticism. He's only going to get better. Uh, I, lo- I love the pick. He needed it. Um, he also, and then he got he got Miles Sanders, who everyone is raving about in camp. And he was a f- five-star, number one running back coming out of high school. Uh, went to Penn State and sat behind Saquon Barkley, which, I mean, I don't care how many five-stars you put on a team. If Saquon's on the team, they're just not playing. So, uh, you know, Miles Sanders is not bad. He just gets overshadowed by, like, ah, that didn't look like what Saquon did last year. Well, you know, Saquon's a generational talent. It's not going to happen. Um, so he's going to be possibly very good if he can stay healthy. I know he's already had a little bit of a hamstring and thing, but it's still a huge pickup, not just for this year, but for the future going on for Jake Bright. Um, he also, in his later picks, got Debo Samuel and Marque- um, Markel Holt. Markel. Mecole Hardman, that's what it is. I was mixing up the letters. He got Mecole Hardman. I was trying to combine his first and last name. Uh, you got Miko Harmon, Debo Samuel, 
Uh, Debo's on ascending offense with the 49ers. You know, Kyle Shahan, if he, he can actually keep his offense healthy, it's going to be interesting what they can do with that team. Um, I don't expect much of Debo this year, but in the next year, two years, he's definitely going to be you know, fantasy relevant. Nicole Hardman, he is buried right now, especially with the Tyreek return. But um, Chris Conley is going to be gone. Who knows what they could do with Sammy. Um, they don't necessarily have to re-sign Ty- Tyreek. Tyreek is on his contract year right now, but as of this moment, he's not re-signed. That, you know, Michael Carmen gives them, you know, leverage. Like, hey, look, we have another guy that has your speed. Like, we can dish you out. Maybe he's not you, but he's good enough to be you. So then they could just keep Sammy Watkins, they could keep Chris Conley, and they could keep Michael Harmon, and Michael Harmon could be that gadget guy for them. So it's an exciting future. Tyreek stay or gone. Michael Harmon's going to be a cool guy. And then, like I already mentioned, he did add Melvin Gordon. So his his team, um, not just for this year, but for the next you know future, is definitely looking brighter from the draft, pun intended. Uh, Craig already spoke on his um, on his thing. You know, added Watkins, Chris Carson, uh, James White, T.J. Hawkinson, Daniel, and then he, uh, still does have some. I guess, it kind of feels like a rookie. He hasn't done anything, but John Ross is still there on his team. He's able to keep him. Uh, on his roster post draft cuts, uh, Mr. John, um, I don't. He didn't make any crazy splashes to his team. I certainly didn't do any trades, but he did add in you know, a team that you know uh, didn't have any wide receiver talent. He goes out and gets two really good wide receivers. He gets Nicole, Nikhil Harry, and Danny Isabella. Uh, Nikhil Harry, um, being on the Patriots, like they have a long history of since Tom Brady of having a super complex offense and people don't pick it up well. I mean, even veterans have trouble picking up this offense. I don't, evidently they do it in like pig Latin or something and then just no one can understand it. Like, I, I don't know. But uh, so if Nikhil Harry, who hasn't had amazing reports out of camp, I, I believe he'll eventually get, you know, they've, they spoke positively of his physical abilities, but as far as putting him in the offense and him getting things right, it's been a little shaky. But uh, Danny Isabella, I, I just kind of talked about it with Murray, but, I mean, that offense is going to be potent. They're going to have three, four, five wide receivers all day long. They're going to have five wide receivers on the field more than any other team in the league, and Isabella will be one of those. I'd say he's probably the, the third wide receiver on that team. He'd probably go Fitz, Kirk, and then Isabella. Um, so he's going to be out there a lot, doing a lot of fun things with him. He's crazy fast, fastest white guy you'll ever see. So I, I think John definitely added some good wide receiver talent on the team for, I mean, he had his best receiver after 8B was Mohamed Sanu. So adding Harry and Isabella was definitely a, a big, two big pickups for him. Um, so going into an injury report and like my thoughts on it, or injury or just future report, uh, we'll talk about Zeke, Gurley, Melvin, AB, and AJ here. Um, Zeke, I think Zeke's playing. Um, I, I really do think he's going to play. I think Jerry Jones is going to get his head out of his ass and, you know, let the oil fill out, and he's going to give some of that money to Zeke. He's got to pay him. I mean, if he's talking about, like, oh, we need to you know, sign Dak. We need to sign Mario Cooper, which, yeah, I'd agree with you. You should probably sign them. But neither of those two are getting top five positional money. Mario Cooper is not that great of a wide receiver. He's good. He's very good. I mean, he has amazing games. But he is not going to get paid like Julio. He's not getting paid like Michael Thomas. He's not getting paid like any of those guys. He's going to be a legitimate tier down from them, if not two tier just down from them, uh, on pay. And Dak Prescott's going to be the same way. I mean, there's no way you're going to sit there and be like, yeah, Dak Prescott, that's Russell Wilson. Like, no. He he is a 
top tier game manager. He's a game manager that doesn't get, uh, I guess, flustered by the pressure, or flustered by two minute drills or fourth quarter or needing to come back. He, he, has a, he has a strong will and a strong heart and a strong mind, but he's not some sort of exceeding talent. He, he's a top tier game manager and he sh he'll get paid like that. So there's no reason they can't then you know, pay those guys and still have money to pay Zeke, uh, pay Jalen Smith in two years. Um, you know, I forget if Byron Jones has been paid or yet not, but they should have money. They haven't really signed anybody big like in the last couple of years. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to sign him. Um, Gurley is gonna be fine. Every, like, like I kind of chuckle with Matt's like nervousness with it. Like Matt, we scared the crap out of Matt, especially with AJ going down. But Gurley is literally gonna be a stud. Like if you remember the last two years, the guy's just been a freak. He's been the number one. Like going into week like 13, 14, the guy was number one fantasy running back, and it wasn't close. It was like he played two extra games compared to the number two guy. He would have like. 50, 60 extra points in the number two running back in fantasy. And then the, the league, he wouldn't play the last couple of games, and he would still end up being, like, the number one or two running back in the league. Like, basically, what, in my mind, what they're going to do is they're just going to, middle of games, middle of the season, they're going to decrease his touches. You know, they're going to use Henderson and Malcolm Brown in between the 20s. They're going to use Gurley in the red zone and a key third downs. Like, everything important Gurley's going to be in there for. Maybe he gets insane workloads on, like, huge games, like if they ever face the Patriots or et cetera, et cetera. You know, just big game, big games, he's going to get a lot of the touches. But they're just going to decrease his workload. That way he can play a full season, and he's still going to end up being that number one, two, or three running back. It's just he's not going to be at week 13 or 14 with a 60-point lead on the number two guy. They're just going to take – they're going to supplement his touches that way. And he's just not going to be as freaky, but he's still going to be a freaking stud in fantasy. So I don't think – Girly owners, but in this league or in your redraft, you have, I, I, dude, I get in the second round and he's there. I'm, I'm pulling that trigger, especially in, like, if it's a keeper league. You get him in the second round and then you can keep him next year for a second round pick. Absolutely. Um, Melvin Gordon, totally different. I don't think Melvin's playing this year. Um, he's determined not to get paid. The Chargers are determined to not pay him. They've, they, I think they're offering him like. 10 mil guaranteed a year and he's like nah like I need like 12 or 13 and they're just like we're legit just not gonna do that um so like I just don't think it's gonna happen I, I think he's gonna outside of him getting traded or a miracle deal getting struck with one side caving I, I think he's out for the year um AB froze his foot like he's like some idiot but um I I think worst case he misses like two games like at worst they're already saying that he should be fine by week one assuming he just doesn't play any of this preseason he just really does what he needs to do like that's we will be able to obviously keep you better track with that via hard knocks but hey um i don't think he'll be probably like I said i think in most two games aj i think he's probably aj green i i mean he's a ankle injury waiting to happen and it finally did happen Sadly for him, he's a super nice guy. I, you know, I never wish injuries on players. Um, you know, they work that hard and year-round like they do, and to, to get hurt, it, it's got to suck, um, especially when you get hurt as often as he does. But uh, I, I think he's out four, six week, four to six weeks, and even if he comes back, I think he would have another week or two to be accommodated to actually be like genuinely fantasy-relevant. Um, 
and it's just going to be a tough situation for him. But to get into it, um, I'll get into the power rankings. That's why we're here. We do the power. This is the power rankings episode. I guess I didn't really tease that at the beginning. Um, terrible podcaster. You guys probably already left. You're like, God, this content sucks. What am I here to look forward to? Well, we're here. It's the power rankings. Um, so, little thing I did with the power rankings. I tried to. Uh, I wanted to find a way to have a non-biased way to look at the rankings, at least for me to refer to, not to take by it, you know, not to take it, you know, for heart and soul. But I just wanted another reference other than rankings and things like that to really look at all of our teams and uh, have a separate thing from my personal feelings. So what I did was is I wrote down all of our all of our names and all of, and put all of our team slots. So like I did, um, you know, I wrote down a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and I wrote down two flexes. Obviously, we don't start two flexes, but they're just kind of uh, emphasizing your depth or not. You know, you, do you have two guys that you could actually fluctuate in? at the flex spot, you know, and then I did write some asterisks aside, you know, to who has some extra guys in their depth or not. Um, I didn't calculate this into the math, but um, for the math portion, it was just the quarterback, the two running backs, two wide receivers, the tight end, and your two flexes. So what I did was, is I went to Fantasy Draft Calculator. Uh, it's a great website, um, especially if you're looking for ADP. They, they are a really cool website where they take information from Yahoo, NFL, ESPN, and I think I'm missing one, uh, outlet, fantasy football outlets, they take, not only do they get their ADPs from all their mock drafts and combine them for like a true ADP for mock, when you're doing mock drafts and preparing for your personal redraft leagues, but they also take all their professional rankings from their analysts and they combine them and average them and give, they, they can give you, a, you know, uh, an average ranking across all boards, which is another good tool to use when you're doing your redraft leagues, uh, you know, so you can have a better idea of, you know, what other guys that you're drafting with are looking at. You know, if you guys looking at Yahoo, they have a Yahoo top 100 or, you know, ESPN top 100, you might, you know, this kind of gives you a better average of everything. But anyway, so I did that and I got the rankings for all the players. And then, so I wrote, I filled out everyone's best lineup, um, purely by the average ranking, not my feel, not my, who I felt was the best player, just purely by that best average ranking. And I filled them in. Um, obviously, uh, uh, so then I come and so then I filled it in the quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, the tight end and two flexes. And then I added the number up for each team. And then obviously the, the team with the lowest number would have the quote unquote best starting roster, you know, theoretically to start the season. Um, obviously this isn't a rocket, like this isn't, you know, rocket science where this is a precision, like having a low ranked tight end or, you know quarterback isn't necessarily as important as even having like the number 10 running back I would take the number 10 running back probably over both of both of those situations but um, this doesn't obviously take into account those kind of things so um, that is a slight asterisk for that and like I said I also didn't incorporate any of your bench players so there is some guys and teams that have players that are way better on their bench than other guys you know starters for example you know uh, Mr. John having Mohamed Sanu as his second wide receiver. I know I personally and other teams personally have like two bench guys that are higher rank average than Mohamed Sanu. So it, it doesn't really incorporate your bench, but it does get out your best starting lineup and kind of gives you a, I said, it just want, I just wanted a reference um, outside of my personal feelings and opinions of what each team looked like. Um, so with that said, 
Uh, I won't spoil who is who, but we had a pretty good range here from uh, 81 points to 200 points. So like I said, again, that is just adding the rank. So like Pat Mahomes is the number one quarterback, and you know, he's one. And then you add you know, the running backs, blah, 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 and then you get your total. Um, obviously, I didn't include your kickers and defense because, meh. But yeah, so it ranged from 81 all the way to 200. And that is me including Zeke playing, AJ playing. Um, I just took what their all their average rankings was as of last night. So obviously, like AJ was ranked like 30th, and obviously he's not the 30th best fantasy title, but he's gonna be missing games, so his rank for the season is lower. And I believe that was also reflected. Like Melvin Gordon was in the teens, and um, I think Zeke wasn't like a top three; he was like a five or something, just because of the uh, the unknown of him currently. But all right, uh, let's dive into it. Okay, so at number 12, with 190 combined team starting points, is Mr. John Weber. Um, I didn't expect him after the draft, looking at his team, for it to be here. I knew last year, he, I mean, he finished as the third worst team. And I, I thought that honestly attributed to just, I mean, he didn't have Bell um, all season obviously, and Nick Chubb was a second-half season, you know, uh, emergence. I'm like, oh, he's going to have both of those guys. His team's going to be, like, flipped upside down. Um, you know, he's not going to have, like, this whole, like, he's not going to be starting Gronk and, you know, shitting the bed. So I really thought his team would look a lot better from this. But uh, it just, you know, like I said, at 190, it's not doing so hot. Uh, at the top, he's got Russell Wilson, which uh, is, you know, last year he was a stud. Obviously, he's a freak. But there's a lot of, you know, what's going to, what is his season going to look like? Obviously, last year, I think he was, I talked about it before on the podcast, Russell Wilson threw, I think it was like 8.8% touchdown rate, which is astronomical. Um, was one of the, I think it was like the second best season ever for like, with like over 150 throws or something. Like, Absolutely astronomical. Like the people that are up there are Joe Montana, Steve Young, and uh, I think the Dante Culpepper season with Randy Moss's rookie year. Like, or was it Randall Cunningham? Whoever it was. Like he had an insane year with, with basically nobody on his roster. Doug Baldwin didn't play for half the year. Tyler Lockett wasn't unproven. Now seems to be really good. Um. But, I mean, on that point, Russell Wilson throwing to Tyler Lockett for the entire season, not for a game, not in the red zone, not in between the 20s, for the entire season on all throws, all possibilities, targeting Tyler Lockett had 158.3 quarterback rating. For those of you that don't know, that is the highest quarterback rating you can have. He was literally flawless. It was like every ball thrown to him was a touchdown. Every ball thrown to him was caught. Like, I don't, like, I wonder, I forget, I never actually looked at, like, what the actual, like, numbers were, but like, I wonder if he even had an incompletion, like, when targeting him. That wasn't, like, a throwaway. Like, it was insane. There's just, there's just no way that it happens. There's no Doug Baldwin to take away from him anymore. Obviously, the running game is going to be potent. That's the other thing. They're going to run the ball so much again. This team is going to run the ball like crazy because, like I just said, they don't have anyone to throw to. They don't have a stud tight end. They have a bunch of young guys, Will Disley, Nick Vanette, 
I th- did they bring in Luke Wilson? Or no, they already had. They already got rid of Luke Wilson. Like, um, they just they have a bunch of mystery men at tight end. They got Tyler Lockett, who's a little guy but talented. DK Metcalf, who's you know looks pretty great <laughs> when you look at him. Yet you, you know another rookie, Gary Jennings. You got an unproven guy, David Moore. I don't even know if he was drafted or not. I think he was like a late round draft pick last year. But once again, another young guy. You know, Tyler Lockett's the veteran, and he's a this is his fourth year. Um, but yeah, I, I just it's a big question mark with a team that doesn't have a lot of offensive line talent and doesn't have a lot of wide receiver talent, no tight end talent. It, it's gonna be if Russell Wilson can do what he did again last year, I literally will start talking about him in the the goat uh, conversation just because of what he's able to do last few years. Like if the Seahawks make the playoffs again with this roster. I will literally talk about him and Bobby Wagner being the GOATs, like, at least in that conversation. All right, um, Le'Veon Bell took his year off. I think he's he, he's been listening to people chatter, chatter, chatter about him. He's coming in at number seven on these rankings and the running back rankings. Um, a lot of that's just like we don't know what's going to happen. He's in a new offense. He's not at Pittsburgh anymore. We don't, you know, they had their offensive coordinator, Adam Gase, is notorious for, for no reason, you know, taking out his best running back and putting in anyone. So, you know, he used to take out, you know, Kenyon Drake all the time and be like, here's Kalen Bilal, or no, here's Frank Gore for for 400 and, or 600 yards for the year. Like, he's literally 50 years old. Can we stop giving Frank Gore over 100 touches? Like, so that's the same head coach they have there at the Jets. So, they're like, you're going to see the Jets take off Le'Veon Bell to put in, like, Elijah McGuire or, like, Bilal Powell. For, and for no reason, because obviously Bell can A, handle the workload. He's never really had much of an injury problem. And B, he can do everything. He doesn't have a gameplay weakness. So it, it's just kind of interesting to see what he's going to do. I personally believe in him. He's been hearing all this chatter. I think he's going to smack people up. I don't think the Jets are going to be particularly great, but I think he's just going to show out and just be like, yeah, like you really should have paid me. Um, Nick Chubb, um, I'm... Of course, I can't think of the number I meant to write down, but uh, he was like second in the league at uh, avoided tackles and broken tackles, I believe is what it is. He was number two, and like I said, he had a late start to the season. I don't think he was the starter till like week eight or nine, and he still led the league in uh, you know, missed tackles. Um, he was like top five in broken tackles. And I think he was top three in 20-plus yard carries. Um, so that's, you know, pretty impressive when you on, on anybody, no matter how many games he played, let alone only playing half the season. So I, I think, you know, he is ranked here at 15. I think that's a pretty accurate spot. He doesn't really catch the ball at all, so he's going to have to rely solely on his rushing yardage. And we'll see. I mean... If the Browns can close out games, he's going to be the one closing it out. But they have to first get in a situation to close out games. You know, everyone wants to talk about you know Browns to the Super Bowl, but until they start beating teams, they they're like you know not going to be doing that. You know, the only playoff team they beat last year was the Ravens with Joe Flacco. So I I am very up to debate about how they're going to do. But Nick Chubb is a physical talent, personal talent. He's great. Uh, next guy, number wide receiver, AB at number 10. Uh, number 10 wide receiver. 
I think that's a pretty fair ranking. Um, obviously, he's like notorious for being a top three finisher with the Steelers, but look, he's not with Big Ben anymore. He doesn't have a potentially Hall of Fame quarterback anymore, let alone a guy that has all the rapport and at least football trust in AB to go get the ball. Um, you hear like you know AB and Derek Hart just talking about like you know like hey like literally just throw me the ball like I'm gonna get it like just put it in a spot I'll run under it I'll catch it like you don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, so Derek Hart's got a lot of you know, a lot of mouths in his, or a lot of words going to his ears here between John Gruden and A.B. John Gruden's like, you know, be smart with the ball, be safe with the ball, you know, hit the open guy, and A.B.'s like, dude, just like, throw the ball. Um, I'll make it happen. So, uh, halfway through here, I just reviewed, got Wilson at 15, Bell at 7, Chubb at 15, A.B. at 10, this person ranking, and the next one, I kind of mentioned it before, wide receiver Mohamed Sanu is Mr. John's number two wide receiver as far as average rank at 50. So that's a huge difference. Drop from 10 to 50. That's not a wide receiver three. It's not even a wide receiver four. Or I guess it's like a fringe wide receiver four rank. Uh, that is, you know, that's rough. That's uh, a big drop off. Mohamed Sanu, he is like the, you know, oh, let's, let's give him the third option at Atlanta. Um, he is kind of, he is their gadget player. He does do a lot, you know, he, they put him in the wildcat and they put him on sweeps and pass plays and they do some fun stuff with him. So he, he's an exciting player. He's a good talent. He's a good athlete. He's lanky. He does well in the red zone. Um, it's just kind of the, you know, the quantity, you know, between, you know, Calvin Ridley, Julio, uh, Austin Hooper, and then Devontae Freeman. It's just a good amount of mouths to feed, but Matt Ryan does do a good job spreading it around. So Mohamed Sanu will have games where he's going to score. He's going to have games where he's going to be very relevant in fantasy. It's just going to be how often and how consistent can you do that with. Um, moving to tight end, uh, Jared Cook, uh, he dominated last year in fantasy. Or not dominated, but he did <laughs> dominate for the Raiders last year. Um, he was sixth. I think, in tight end scoring last year. He was, you know, seemingly when you look at his ranking was a stud. Like There was like four, five, six in fantasy scoring. But when you look back at his games, literally it was eight. He did all that in eight random games. So literally he was really only helping you eight games and then was an absolute dud. The other eight games, of course, that's just like the the tight end landscape right now is there's just no consistency to it whatsoever. Outside of like Kelsey Ertz and Kittle, there's just... No consistency. You know, you hope that, you know, that, that that sample size can increase to maybe five or six guys that have some, some level of consistency. But Jared Cook at least has a ceiling. He went from the, the Oakland now to the Saints. You know, Drew Brees, historically, you know, Jimmy Graham. You know, everyone knows what's going on with there, and everyone wants to make these comparisons. Even with Ben Watson, Drew Brees did a lot with Ben Watson. So Jared Cook, even at his age of, like, 33, 34, is very intriguing here. Uh He's going to catch the ball. He's going to get a couple touchdowns. It's just going to be how often is that going to help Mr. John here. And then um, his two flex guys I have are Tariq Cohen at running back 28 and Nikhil Harry at wide receiver 57. Um, Tariq Cohen, obviously he's up there at the Bears. He's a dynamic athlete himself. Um, Where I worry about him is... uh, with the head coach, slash offensive coordinator, you know he came from Andy Reid, and Andy Reid is notorious about having a one guy. You know, you think back with Andy Reid, you get Brian Westbrook, you know, the Shady McCoy, and there's a couple other guys you can add in there. Again, he goes to KC, and he had Jamal Charles. He was the only guy touching the ball, and even when he got Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt was the only guy touching the ball. You know, so he's not. You know, Matt Nagy comes from a history 
of using one running back. So last year, he really did try to make Jordan Howard the guy. You know, that's probably the reason why I traded for Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was averaging six targets a game. And I'm like, dang, I'll take six, seven targets a game. And then, of course, right when I made that trade, it was like Matt Nagy was like, this just, you know, this just isn't working. I'm going to have to use Tyreek Cohen. And then Tariq Cohen took off. He showed his ability, showed his stud ability. But then they go and they drive David Montgomery. And David Montgomery is a three-down back. He can do everything. Um, he can catch, he can block, he can run. Uh, and Pro Football Focus had a really cool stat I saw a couple days ago where um, the most missed tackles, I forget the number of missed tackles, but the most missed tackles in any one season in pro football focus history, um, which they've been tracking since 2002, both the number one and number two guy is David Montgomery in his junior, or in his sophomore and junior season, um, which were his last season he didn't play his senior year, um, entered the draft. But yeah, so literally this guy since 2002 has broken more tackles and missed, and it was a combo of broken tackles and missed tackles, has broken and missed more tackles than anyone since 2002. That, that's Reggie Bush. That's, you know, tons of guys. Zeke, all those guys. The, he has done more than them. Granted, it was in the Big 12. Say what you want. But still being able to do that. Um, so with three Cohen, it's, you know, is Matt Nagy going to go to his roots and only play Dave Montgomery? Will that take halfway through the season? Or will he strictly, maybe at least Tariq Cohen gets like a couple touches here and there, and at least in the two-minute drill and pure passing situations, he just, you know, he throws out Tariq Cohen and he hopes some magic happens, which is probably more where Eileen is going to happen. He's going to get him in some in some formations. He's going to have Tariq Cohen formations. And obviously, in like third and longs and things of that nature, they're going to be putting out Tariq Cohen because he's a weapon. Uh, Nikhil Harry, I kind of already spoke about it. You know, he's a rookie in the Patriots offense. Uh, it's super complex to pick up. He's doing his best. It hasn't been going great, but they have liked his physical abilities and things that he's shown with his natural God-given talent and his ability. So I think when the when the brain meets the body, things will go well for him. But as of right now, you know, his you know his his situation can be drastically different if uh, you know they allow it to be. All right, and that's it for Mr. John at Mr. Twelve. Uh, Mr. Twelve at number twelve. All right, number 11 with two, the, the, the highest amount of team points at 200 is my guy Austin Dandy. Um, he's got Matt Ryan, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Jarvis Landry, Sterling Shepard, David Njoku, and this flexes are Cortland Sutton and Dante Moncrief. Um, Ryan comes in at number six, quarterback Johnson at number five, Leonard at 17, and then the wide receivers kill him. With the, as far as like this whole thing, the number thing, uh, Jarvis Landry, 33, Shepard, 37, Sutton, 43, and Moncrief, 49. I mean, literally three of those combined have more points than the number one person at 81. Um, so it it's tough. Uh, kind of speaking to that, his roster is, has wide receiver, has decent wide receivers in Landry, Shepard, Sutton, and Moncrief, but they need a combo of a of a guy like a you know a stud in there, and um, he just doesn't have that after trading away Thielen. Um, granted, his running back situation is very good with Johnson and Leonard with the number five and seventeen. That is a number one running back and a number two running back, and you'll love to see that. But uh, he just he's got you know. Uh, 
He's got two number three wide receivers and then two fringe wide receiver threes with Sutton and Moncrief as his wide receiver core. Granted, it, uh, it does does help, but uh, Landry's going to get a tick down. I mean, he was the main target guy at Browns. Now Odell's there. He's naturally going to take a tick down, but I think it actually will be good for him as far as his production per touch. So I don't know if his fantasy points will change too much. His touchdown opportunity definitely decreases with Odell there. But I think his his reception opportunity won't go down drastically. At least the quality of reception will be good. Um, he'll, I think he'll go back to more of his Miami Dolphins thing. You know, last year uh, the, the Browns were using him as their deep threat. Obviously now they're going to use Odell as that deep threat and Antonio Callaway as that deep threat. And and Landry's just going to tear it up in the slot and tear it up in the short area, and short and immediate area like he did Miami. He's going to just be wide open. Baker's going to drill him with balls all day long. It'll be easy money. It just won't be a ton of fantasy points. Um, also, the combo with Njoku is a little meh. Having you know two receiving targets on the same team can always be meh, but they can also work out. Uh, David Njoku is an athletic freak. You know, he's a track star at a tight end position, and he's huge. Um, I think it's just a mouths defeat issue with him. Like I said, you got Odell, you got Jarvis, Tony Callaway is going to get some balls. Um, you know, uh, the receiving back, whoever they end up making it, is going to get some balls. You know. Baker, like Stern, obviously Duke Johnson, as of this podcast, got traded right before I did this. Um, but you know, they're not scared to, to use Kareem Hunt once he's back. So they're definitely going to have some options um, and some outs to feed. So it's just if Njoku can get his. Uh, David Johnson, I think he's going to get back to form. Uh, Arizona, they were they, not only did they just have a terrible offensive line, which was mostly due to injury, they had like three other starters out by like week two and then they lost another one halfway through and it was just a terrible offensive line um they have a new offensive coordinator which is the biggest thing i don't even care if the air raid works out or not it's going to be better than what happened last year they literally led the league in halfback dives up the center like in the a gap they led the league in rushes in the a gap and they literally averaged like 1.2 yard doing it and they just did it all game long and it was just disgusting to watch like the play calling Oh my God, it was so bad. Um, so just having a different play caller, automatically they're going to do better. They have a dynamic quarterback who's going to extend plays and things like that. David Johnson's going to be used all over the place in his air raid offense. You know, two seasons ago when he, or well, I guess, yeah, two full seasons ago, when David Johnson had that true breakout performance, Pro Football Focus ranked him as the number one receiver in the na- in the league. Obviously, he plays running back, but as far as just like running routes and his ability to run routes and get open, and like I'm not talking screens and checkdowns. I'm talking him being out at wide receiver, running out routes, post routes, comebacks. He was the best analytical receiver in the league. Uh, so he's gonna get back to that. He always says his goal is a thousand and a thousand. I think this is gonna be as good a year as any for him to finally achieve that. Uh, Leonard, I personally don't like Leonard, but. His lack of competition and his talent is undeniable. It's just if he his lower body will actually stay healthy. He hasn't ever been healthy. He was hurt constantly in high school, but when he played, he was a stud. <laughs> oh, bless me. Quit Williams style. Um, but he was constantly hurt in high school, but when he played, he was a freak, which was why he was the number one recruit, and he went to LSU. And then he was hurt every year at LSU, but was still a freak. Um, and he's so, you know, Pickford, he's just always been hurt. So for me, it's not if, it's when it's going to happen. Uh, so when he loses him, his team's going to be devastated. But, 
He'll, he is a starting running back. I mean, they have Alfred Blue, who's like the most notorious, like, meh, like not exciting backup running back in the world. Also, LSU grad. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. He doesn't, there's no receiving back. They got rid of T.Y. Hill, or not T.Y. Hill, T.J. Uh, Yeldon. They don't have a receiving back. They're talking about Leonard's been working on his hands. Maybe Leonard's going to be catching more balls. So, like, yeah, he, he could do, definitely do well. Um, Cortland Sutton, he's going to be the number one wide receiver on his team. I'd imagine that's my prediction. But he has Joe Flacco and what's going to be a run-heavy offense. Are we going to get 2012 Joe Flacco or are we going to get 2017 Joe Flacco? I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that That's kind of why Sutton's at 43, even though he's a number one wide receiver. Um, it's just going to, yeah. I mean, he's a big guy. He obviously can catch some touchdowns. I think he'll do good in the red zone if they can get to the red zone. Joe Flacco does do well throwing touchdowns in the red zone. That's one thing he's definitely very good at. Um, and that's, yeah, that's just, just going to be his situation. Dante Moncrief, uh, I think all the reports are he's going to be the number two receiver. No matter how many times Matt Weber says he's not going to be the number two receiver, and it's going to somehow magically be, um, what's his face? I can't even think of uh, Washington, James Washington. Um, it's all pointing to Dante Moncrief, uh, at least maybe as the, no- the main number two. Not that he'll get all the reps or have like a true number two rep count, but he's in my mind, they're going to be the number two guy. Um, so Big Ben slings the ball. Last two years, he's had a lot of, and with Juju and A.B., he's had two wide receivers relevant. Let's see if he can continue that with Juju and whomever, whether it's, even if it's on a game-to-game basis, whether it's like Moncrief has a big game, Washington has a big game. The rookie Johnson, I think it's Johnson, has a big game. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's number 11. Awesome, 200 points. Uh, number 10 with uh, 63 total points. Uh, oh, before I go, like that's actually a, a tier break I have. This is the lowest tier uh, is Austin and John. Um, and while I'm kind of talking about this, I, you know, obviously it's nothing personal about the rankings, um, but I, I just want to say like it's just fantasy football. Number twelve can beat number one any given week. I mean, this is fantasy football. All your guys can magically score a touchdown and. The other team's guys not scored a lot of touchdowns. All these teams are capable of beating every team in our league. There's no team that is so terrible, so piss poor. Like the, the margin in fantasy can every week can be drastically different. So don't don't take it as like a thing. Well, my team's going to be terrible. I'm just going to tank now. Like no, you can win games. You can beat guys that are you know quote unquote better than you that have better records than you every single week. You have the ability to do that. So start your best lineup. Start your best players. Make it happen. Be that upset. You know, Prove that your team is good. Prove that you believe in your roster, believe in your guys. Make it happen. Don't just start a shitty guy just to start a shitty guy. But anyways, um, so that's a, our bottom tier is Austin and John. So next tier, um, two guys that help themselves. Uh, but at number 10 is Craig at 163 points. Uh, he had the big blockbuster trade with Michael Thomas and Dakota trading Michael Thomas for um, was it Chris Carson, uh, James White? I think I think he got something else. Maybe it was just like picks that got swapped. I think that's what it was. Picks just got swapped around. But his starting roster is Aaron Rodgers, number three quarterback. Chris Carson, twenty-two. James White, twenty-nine. Stephon Diggs, sixteen. DJ Moore, twenty-seven. Vance McDonald, number seven. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, number twenty-four, and Sammy Watkins, number thirty-five. So uh, he also does have um, 
Latavius Murray, who is also 35 at his position, him and Watkins are all, like, I think, really back and back, back to back as far as flex rankings. Um, so, uh, I will just kind of mention it, but I didn't, they, they have the same 35, so I didn't, you know, worry about it. All right, uh, Rodgers is Rodgers. He's going to be Rodgers. He's going to do Rodgers things. He's going to put up 40 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, lock and load it. Just end of conversation. He's a stud. Uh, Chris Carson, I love Chris Carson. He was rookie last Him and Rashad Penny were both rookies last year. Uh, Carson taking in the sixth, Penny in the first. Um, obviously, you think their utilization would be flip-flopped, but Chris Carson and, well, Pete Carroll is notorious. Him and, um, was it Snyder? as a GM, they're notorious for like, hey, we don't care when we picked you, the best players are going to play. We don't care what we're paying you, the best players are going to play. You know, they started that out with, you know, Russell Wilson, and they went out and they paid Matt Flynn a shit ton of money, and they just went ahead and started third rounder Russell Wilson, because Russell was outperforming Matt Flynn. They did the same thing with Chris Carson. Chris Carson was running the ball harder than anyone in camp. He was running the ball more effectively than anyone in camp. Chris Carson was a starting running back. Easy peasy. Um, that's going to continue. They got rid of Mike Davis. I did break this down in the previous podcast, but they are going to lead the league in carries between them and like the Ravens. This is going to be like if they were <laughs> the game that they play each other is going to like there might be twenty passes. Um, <laughs> it is going to be such a run heavy game. It's going to be entertaining for me to watch. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, I know the Brian Tenerovich and high scoring points people of the world aren't going to enjoy it, but I will thoroughly enjoy it. But Chris Carson at twenty two. I think it's a good spot for him. He's not going to catch a tremendous amount of balls. He will catch a good amount. His big thing is health. He runs so hard. He runs with reckless abandon. He he probably will hurt himself. But um, I mean, he's he's a good running back. He's had a good role on a good team. I like him. Uh, James White, I actually very much dislike. Um, he was a guy that you know I applied Dakota for unloading because I, as much as Dakota believes him and a lot of people believe him, I just I just don't. I mean. Last year was, like, the perfect storm from him. I know he was, like, the number, like, nine running back or something last year. That was the perfect storm. Julian Edelman was out for four games. So, literally, James White was their slot receiver. So, he had the Julian Edelman role. Then Julian Edelman comes back. Sony Michelle gets hurt. Uh, so, he gets way more carries than he would otherwise. Then Rex Burkhead gets hurt, and it's literally the James White show for, like, two weeks. And then Michelle gets healthy end of the season, and then it's the whole month of December, and the playoffs is literally the Sony Michelle, Michelle show. So what do they do? They they get a healthy Sony Michelle for this year. They drafted Damian Harris, who's a better version of Rex Burkhead, who can just do who does everything good but nothing great. Um, and then Sony Michelle is just strict. I mean, not Sony Michelle. James White, I think, is strictly going to be like a third down guy. He is going to be like, hey, it's third and eight, it's third and ten. Or maybe he's their second slot guy behind Edelman. Like, maybe that's what's happening. Like, maybe Craig can hope that Edelman's hand doesn't heal up and, you know, James White's the starting slot wide receiver. But I believe he's going to have a massive regression. Uh, I think 29's probably pretty accurate and generous. I'd probably put him more down, like, 36 as a you know, running back number three. But, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a massive regression season and just be disappointing in comparison to the last year. Uh, Stefan Diggs at 16. I mean, everyone, I mean, UMD, love Diggs. Uh, he's going to be good. My, my only concerns for him is the Vikings and, um, gosh, I almost said North Turner's their head coach. It's not their head coach. He's the former Bengals defensive quarter, Mike Zimmer. Um, 
Mike Zimmer, literally last year, he fired his offensive coordinator midseason because he wants to run the ball. He's like, hey, I want to run the ball 25 times. I want to run the ball 25 times. Like, and it wasn't happening, and then he fired offensive coordinator and brought in somebody who's going to run the ball 25-plus times. So that's what's going to happen. They're not going to throw the ball as much as they did last year. Um, you know, Cousins isn't going to put foot up for, up 4,000 yards, I don't think. It'd be more like 3-5. But that's going to obviously hurt Diggs. How much? I don't think tremendous, but it will take a downtick. I do think that's why he's at 16 instead of like closer to 12. But I could see him anywhere from a 16 to 24. He's the number two wide receiver. I do dig him. Ha. Huh. Um, and it's a good situation overall. DJ Moore at wide receiver 27. I think that's a pretty fair ranking for him as a uh, you know a bubble wide receiver two guy just outside of that ranking. I, I think the Carolina Panthers offense is very you know who's going to do it. Uh, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. It's a tough decision as far as who's going to happen. I, Redraft wise, I just I always take Curtis Samuel just because he's like in the twelfth round, and DJ's like in the sixth. So, but because literally, these guys have equal opportunity to break out as the number one wide receiver. Greg Olson's old and hurt. Um, I think he'll still be fine, but D- DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel is going to be the guy. That we're going to find out probably pretty early who it's going to be. There's just no way of knowing yet, and one of those guys is going to ascend and finish as a mid to high wide receiver too, and that's what I think at least. But um, it's just figuring out who's going to do that. Uh, Vance McDonald. Number seven tight end, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, Jesse James is out. All that workload is going to be Vance McDonald. He showed what he can do. He's going to be good, solid. I think he might be one of the consistent tight ends that we're going to have outside of the big three. Um, I just don't think his ceiling is incredibly high outside of like a you know Monday night stiff arm that goes 70 yards to the house. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey at 24, I think he's getting disrespected a lot. I believe in him and his ability. I believe in the healthy Carson Wentz this year. Personally, Carson Wentz is my uh, vote for an early preseason MVP, uh, at least for like a dark horse. Um, I think he's going to uh, – that's really my guy for you gambling people. Uh, so, you know, Ashawn Jeffrey and company are going to have to succeed for that to happen. So I, I believe in Ashawn Jeffrey for this season, and he's just going to be big body. He's healthy. Carson Wentz is healthy. Let's, let's get that ball rolling. Simi Watkins, that offense is crazy potent. And even everyone on that offense scores touchdowns. If you start them in the right game, you're going to be very happy. Um, obviously, the return of Tyreek lowered his ceiling and uh, you know his potential, but he's still a very good athlete, a very good football player. Um, you know, If he could stay healthy and just be on the field, Pat Mahomes is going to make things happen. All right, so at number nine, at 122 points, this is a big point break here from 163 to 122. Uh, number nine, uh, 22, Jake, 122, Jake Bright. Um, you know, like I kind of already spoke about his draft, getting Murray, getting uh, Miles Sanders, some real big stuff. Um, but, you know, he's actually got some good pieces on his team. Um, so at quarterback... The number 12 rank, uh, Kyler Murray at running back. The number 8 rank, you got Damian Williams, Aaron Jones rank at 16, Thielen at 13, uh, Kenny G at 20, uh, Mark Andrews at tight end at 12, um, Melvin Gordon I do have in here, even though I said I don't think he's going to play. Um, as of right now, I'm just assuming that he is. For this rankings, and he's at 19. He's wide, he's running back 19, and then he's got, I believe, Robbie Anderson 
at his last flex at wide receiver 22. So, uh, I mean, like I said, Kyler Murray is going to be huge for him, not just this year, but going forward. I think he's just going to ascend and ascend outside of injury. I really do think he's going to succeed, especially with the offense that he's going to be running. Damian Williams, Kansas City running back. Uh, you got all the opportunity you could possibly want in the world. Um, he has to succeed. I mean, he can plug and play anyone into that, and uh, they're, they're going to do really well. Aaron Jones at 16, I think this is a guy that can either go, it could go really well or it can go disappointing. Um, he was clearly last year the best talent on the team. They kept, McCarthy loved Jamal Williams for some reason. I don't know if maybe like, maybe McCarthy's like low-key Mormon and like Williams going to BYU was like a, like a hot thing for him. Like, I don't know. But Aaron Jones was the way better talent. Um, we all know historically what Aaron Rodgers can do with his if he has a true starting running back. You know, think James Starks, think um, Brian Grant, think uh, Eddie Lacy before he became a whale. Um, you know, he's had very relevant running backs in fantasy because he is so good. Um, so Aaron Jones has all the ability in the world, has all the opportunity in the world. He should. And so that's an exciting guy that could be a top 12 running back. Adam Thielen, he wasn't going to do what he did last year. Last year was freaky. You know, he broke the record or tied the record of 100-yard games with a touchdown or something like that. Like, it was insane. Like, um, I kind of spoke on it with Diggs. They're going to throw the ball less. Not drastically less, but certainly less. Um, He's a freak, though. His ability is undeniable. He's a really good player. I like him a lot. Um, but just don't expect the level of consistency, or at least the the hot the as high of a floor of consistency as he had last year. Um, uh, Kenny G, he's gonna be the number one wide receiver for the Lions. Um, they're gonna be probably behind a good, maybe a little bit here in the, in the games uh, at the end of the game, so they're gonna be passing the ball. He's the most reliable option. Marvin Jones is obviously the deep bomb. Um, but, you know, Kenny G can certainly go down deep and catch balls and contested really well himself. So uh, he's another guy that I like. Um, Mark Andrews, at, what, tight end 12. Uh, I think tight end 12 is a little rich, but, I mean, that's what it is. So, hey. Um, but uh, I, I think there's going to be Hayden Hurst. I think everyone in the fantasy community um, is just kind of like ditching Hayden Hurst to, you know, a graveyard. But uh, Hayden Hurst was amazing in training camp last year, and then he just got hurt, and he couldn't get healthy again. He's fully healthy again, and he seems to be showing out. He had two touchdowns the first day of, of uh, joint practice for the Jaguars. He had no touchdown yesterday. Um, seems like he's doing really well again, So there, and we're going to be in a lot of two tight end sets, so I think him and Andrews are both going to be plenty good, so we'll see if that makes one or the other suffer fantasy-wise, but the, both are going to be very talented. Um, then I got Melvin Gordon in his flex. At night, at running back nineteen, I already spoke. Like, I don't think Melvin Gordon's gonna play. I think he's gonna sit out. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's gonna sit out. And good news is he does have Miles Sanders on his roster, and I think by the, you know at least a couple weeks in, Miles Sanders is gonna be a full on go, and he's gonna be a stud. But uh, you know we'll see how everything goes. And Robbie Anderson. This other flex guy, Robbie Anderson's, I think, going to be the number one fantasy wide receiver out of the Jets. He's a, I mean, a deep ball facade. Like, he just literally gets so open. He's so fast. He's so quick out of his breaks. Um, 
when he's moving forward. So like all those Sam Darnold's gonna open it up the second he opened it up the second half of the season and Robbie Anderson was like a number like nine wide receiver the last like five games of the year. So uh you know, if Sam Darnold can continue to grow, continue to grow in his ability and confidence and with the offense, there's no reason Robbie Anderson can't be a wide receiver too. Um, with a little bit of inconsistency as far as you know his touchdowns and things like that, but I, I really do think that he's going to be a good wide receiver. So um, the puts Jake Bright uh, number nine and uh, rank number yeah number nine at 122 points. And like I said, he does have Miles Sanders on the bench, and I think Miles Sanders was like rank mid 20s. So realistically, even let's say Gordon doesn't play, Jake Bright's points were still at like at most 130 team points but um all right this is the first segment of what this podcast is going to be i can't record past 60 minutes i don't think um so i'm gonna chill real quick and then uh start a new segment but i'm gonna go i'll I'll upload this and i'll upload another one after work probably so peace